The sky above Dover Harbour was a clear, washed-out blue, so that the afternoon sunshine gave an illusion of warmth and peace. Just an occasional fleecy cloud drifting on a fresh southeasterly breeze, but none of the two familiar vapour trails which betrayed the silent air battles, the pinpoints of flame as friend or enemy fell into the channel. It was April 1943, only a few days old, and the harbour, like the weather, appeared to be resting. There were not many warships of any size moored to the jetties. Most of them went to safer harbours, round the corner, as the sailors turned it, in the Thames or Medway, or in the east coast base of Harwich. Here there was little peace for long. Sneak raids by fighter bombers, or the deafening arrival of the great shells fired from Cap Crinet to land in the town, or amongst some coastal convoy as it scuttled through the channel. Lying side by side at one wall were two fleet minesweepers, their ensigns and jacks lifting and rippling in the breeze to make bright patches of colour against the drab grey and camouflage dazzle paint. They were twins, and to a landsman might appear to be small, foreshortened frigates. The straight stemmed, with a Spartan superstructure of bridge and solitary funnel making them look businesslike, only the clutter of minesweeping gear and derricks right aft on the cut-down quarter-deck marked them apart from any of the escort vessels. There was no visible sign of life on board. Sunday afternoon and make and mend for the duty watch, a chance to snatch some rest after weeks of sweeping the deadly mines, often within sight of the French coast. Dover Castle, with its bomb-proof headquarters beneath, stood guard over the harbour and its approaches. For at this point the enemy were just twenty miles distant. A jarring thought, if anyone still needed reminding. In his cabin in the outboard fleet minesweeper, Lieutenant Commander Ian Ransom unclipped a scuttle and opened it to let the weak sunshine play across his face. It was good to be leaving the long nights behind, even if the risks might be extended accordingly. He narrowed his eyes to study that part of the town which was visible from his cabin, a defiant, battered place on the very elbow of Hellfire Corner, as the newspapers named it. His mouth moved slightly in a smile. Shit Street was the sailor's nickname. The smile made him look younger, like a shadow passing away. He saw his reflection in the scuttle's polished glass and ran his fingers through his hair. It was dark, and although not originally curly, it had somehow become so. Too many days and nights up there on an open bridge, in salt spray and in all weathers. He turned and looked at his cabin, small and yet spacious compared with his tiny hutch behind the bridge where he could snatch an hour and still be ready instantly when the alarm bells tore a man's heart apart. He saw the calendar propped on his little desk and it all came crowding back again. The 4th of April, 1943. He had been in command of this ship, his ship, for one year exactly. He stared round, his ears seeking some familiar sound to distract him, but the ship was quiet, and only the far-off murmur of one of the chief's generators to give a hint of life. Ransom sat down at the desk and stared at the clip of signals which had awaited their return to Dover. He had known they would be in harbour for this day. They would have shared a solemn drink in the wardroom, perhaps invited some of the old hands to enliven the occasion. His reefer hung carelessly from the only other chair, the two and a half wavy lines of gold lace on its sleeves, the Royal Navy Volunteer Reserve.